Our reading today is taken from the ESV version. And we are starting with Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. And following that, we're going on to Luke 14, verses 25 to 35. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And chapter 14, verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use, either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears, let him hear. Great. Thank you, Dan, for that amazing reading. If you've got a, a Bible or electronic device, maybe you'd like to keep it open at Luke chapter 9, verse 57. We're going to be reflecting on some of those words. But good morning and welcome to St. Saviour's. Welcome if you're joining us online and a special welcome to you if you're visiting us for the first time. It's lovely to have you with us this morning. We've been following a series called Courageous Faith. And a few weeks ago, um, Sophie was speaking to us. She was speaking to us about character 
And she was um, sharing that Jesus doesn't give us a set of rules, but he gives us a new way to live, a way to live that changes everything. And then last week, Gillian was speaking to us about cultivate. How can we have the sort of hearts which allows faith to grow and to flourish? And today we're looking at this lovely couple of passages from the Bible, the cost of following Jesus, the cost of discipleship. The reason we're calling this series Courageous Faith is you may know the word courageous or courage is a very old French word, which means heart. And when we're talking about having a courageous faith, we're talking about not our head knowledge, how much we know, but how do we express what Jesus has done deep within our hearts? And how do we share that with the world around us? How do we have a faith which is bold and courageous, which allows us to step out and share the deep things that Jesus is doing in our own hearts? So before we continue, shall we pray? Father, we thank you this morning for your word, and we just pray that you'd just come now and and roam our own hearts and speak to us whatever we need to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if any of you are keen cyclists. I know there's one or two of you are keen cyclists around here. Um, I bought a new bike about nine years ago. And if you're a cyclist, you'll know that you're meant to get your bike serviced and maintained at the MOT'd regular, particularly if it's an expensive one. I've never had my, car, my bike MOT'd or serviced. Um, I spray a bit of WD-40 on it once a year, and it seems like good to go. What I've noticed is I've, I'm getting really unfit or something's wrong with my bike, because whenever I go out, um, people twice my age with rickety old bikes are overtaking me, and I'm pedaling like mad, and uh, my gears aren't changing very well. So I decided a week ago to get my bike serviced for the first time. So I walked into the shop, and he asked me, when was the last time it was serviced? I said, it's never been serviced. It's nine years old. But I said, it works fine. Brakes work okay. Gears change okay. I'm probably just throwing money away, bringing my bicycle to you. So he kind of just smirked a bit and told me what he thought needed to be done. And I picked it up the next day, and he said he'd change the chain and change the gears and the, and the brake pads and the, and the brake levers and everything's been changed. And I thought, throwing money away for nothing. Went out on my bike and it was like I was riding a brand new bicycle. I flew. I was overtaking everyone on the road. I was even overtaking cars up hills. I was going to Walton and I just carried on going to Weybridge. Um, it was so nice being on this bike. It was like I was riding a brand new bike. And what I realized was, over the years, um, things have stopped working the way they should have been working. Things have started to slow down, and it just creeps up on you. And I hadn't noticed just how bad my bicycle had got. It needed a service MOT. And I had a kind of a picture of our faith. And I was thinking, you know, there were things that got in the way of my bicycle working the way it was designed. And I was thinking, what are the things that get in the way of you and me living the life that we're designed to live? When do we need to have our spiritual service or our spiritual MOT? We get into a rut and bad habits and things get in the way of our walk with God. Things just creep up on us, don't they? And maybe you're here today, and if you're honest, you could say, you know, the joy has gone out of my faith. And maybe faith feels like a challenge. It used to be amazing, and, and you, every time you worship, you just encounter something of God, and it just feels like you've got into this routine of just going through the motions. Maybe you're a brand new Christian and there's things in your life that God wants to remove. Whatever we are on that sort of spectrum, all of us need a spiritual service or a spiritual MOT. And Jesus has these free conversations and on the surface it appears Jesus being really harsh. But actually when you frame these conversations with the grace of God, about God's grace, what does he say in Ephesians 2? 
that God's free gift is grace. We have grace through faith. It's not because of anything we do. It's a gift of God. It's not because of our works. It's a gift of God. When you frame these conversations in God's grace, you realize that Jesus has given us the tools for a spiritual service or a spiritual MOT. These conversations are Jesus' screwdrivers and spanners, and it's the bike rack that he wants to put our lives on so we can just remove the junk and the gunge and the things which are slowing us down so we can walk in step with the Spirit. So how do you and I live the life we're designed for? Well, three things we can take away from these three conversations that Jesus has, and they all begin with the letter S. The first is stuff. Learn to hold stuff lightly. Learn to hold the stuff, your possessions, your valuables, lightly. Verse 57, Luke chapter 9. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know, Jesus is saying to this guy, Follow me isn't a life of comfort. This guy is offering his life to Jesus, says, I will follow you. And you think Jesus say, amazing, well done, I need disciples, I need people who are sold out for you. But actually he returns with these harsh words and just says, if you're going to follow me, it's not going to be a life of comfort. He says, I'm going to be more important than stuff and possessions and valuables. Will you be willing to leave those things behind for Jesus? Do you seek fulfillment in the newest car or the latest clothes or the latest gadget? Or is your fulfillment in Jesus Nothing wrong with nice stuff. We all like nice things. But when they become idols and get in the way of our relationship with God, Jesus says, where are your priorities? Marcus Pearson, you might have heard of him, or you might have heard the game he invented, the video game, Minecraft. He invented this game called Minecraft, and he sold it for $2 billion, just over that. He became one of the richest men in the world overnight. And he said after he sold Minecraft, and he was one of the wealthiest people in his country, He said he went through this great depression and this loneliness. And he said this. He said, the problem with getting everything is you run out of reasons to keep trying. The problem with getting everything, you just run out of reasons to keep trying. Possessions will satisfy you, but not for the long term. They're the things that we take and then we just go through us and we move on to the next thing. Jesus says, I'm more important to you than stuff. That's what Marcus Pearson learned. But actually, when he had everything, he still felt empty and he had nothing. He's saying, Jesus is saying, let me show you a life so much better. Hold your things loosely. Hold your things lightly. The problem is when we're holding on to things, we can't receive new things, can we? When we hold them to the lightly, Jesus can take them, and he gives us so much more. Stuff. Learn to hold stuff lightly. That's the first thing. And Jesus says, let me show you how deep and meaningful life can be when you put me first. The second S is schedule. Jesus says, put him first in your schedule. Put Jesus first in your schedule. Verse 59. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go and bury my father first. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Again, on the surface, this seems so harsh. This guy was being a good Jewish person, needing to bury his father. That's part of the culture. And Jesus says, no, follow me first. Let the dead bury themselves. He's saying to this guy, even though you want to fulfill your duty, get your priorities right. And the question Jesus is asking is, where does he come in your list of priorities? Where does he fit into your life? 
Do we squeeze him in with everything else that's going on amongst our parties and schedules and gym and football and all the other things we need to do? Do we sit down at the beginning of the week or the month and do our diaries and our calendars and work out all the things we need to do and then think, okay, I've got a bit of space. I'll spend that time with Jesus. I'll spend that time serving. I'll spend that time offering myself. I'll spend that time having a quiet time. I find when I plan to squeeze Jesus in, it doesn't happen. You know, I, I do my diary, I do my day, and then I, I think, oh, I was going to pray today. It's already got to the end of the day. I'll do it tomorrow. And then I, I get up and I just go through the motions of the day and get the kids to school. If I don't put it in my diary, I get squeezed out. And Jesus says, put him first in your schedule. The funny thing is when we put him first, everything else fits in as well. It's that wonderful verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then it says that all the other things will be added as well. When we put Jesus first, everything else begins to fit together. I don't know how it works, but it does. God just works out the things which are important, the things which are not important. Unless Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is not Lord at all. You heard that? Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Where does he fit in your schedule? Hold stuff lightly. Put Jesus first in your schedule. And then finally is sight. Keep your sight fixed on Jesus. Keep your sight fixed on Jesus. We'll always have choices. There'll always be distractions. There'll always be excuses why the time is not right at the moment. You know, I can't invite that person today. I can't invite that person to the Alpha course. I can't pray for that person today. I can't help today. I'm too busy, or I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. Well, there's always a crisis. You know, the enemy loves crises. He'll always bring a crisis into your life to stop you doing the things that God has asked you to do. When I pray, um, and I sit down and pray, I don't know about you, I get the most random thoughts. I could be, my mind could be completely blank. I want to spend time with the Lord, and then straight away I think, um, did you put the orange juice back in the fridge, or did you remember to, to buy some bananas on the way home? The most random things come into my mind. When I pray, the phone always rings. Does your phone always ring when you sit down to pray with the Lord? I get in the habit now of turning my phone off. If the door rings, I, I don't answer the door. And then I forget to turn my phone back on. That's another problem. But um, just, just turn the phone off. I put it on airplane mode so I have the undivided time because I know there's going to be distraction. What are the things which we put off for tomorrow, which God has called us to do today? We'll always find a reason why the time is not right. Don't you remember the encounter Jesus had with the Apostle Peter when Peter walks on the water? Lovely story. And Peter's walking on the water. He calls out, he actually says to the Lord, if it is you, call me to come. So Jesus asks him to come. He walks out on the water and he's walking on the water. And then he starts to look at the, the waves and the wind and he starts to sink. And Jesus grabs him. And he says, why did you doubt? It's as if Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and starts to put his eyes on all the stuff going on around him. And as his faith sinks, doubt begins to rise and he begins to sink in the water. Jesus says, why did you have so little faith? Why did you doubt? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your sight on him. If you've got a financial worry, don't look at the wind, the waves, the storm. Keep your sight on Jesus. If it's a relationship, keep your sight on Jesus. If it's a health issue, keep your sight on Jesus. Don't keep looking at the things around you. 
What Peter was doing was impossible, but as long as he kept his sight on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. There's something else which is going on on that encounter. Peter couldn't actually walk on water. It's a supernatural thing. It was a miracle that happened. When Jesus was giving out gifts of the Spirit and, and gifts and skills and that, he didn't say, you can have teaching, Luke, you can have accountancy. Peter, your spiritual gift is going to be water, walking on water. That's going to be your gift. As far as we know, Peter didn't walk on water after that. He wasn't able to actually walk on water. It was something that Jesus enabled in him to do. All the time he had his sight fixed on Jesus, Jesus gave him the ability to walk on the water. And so often we rule ourselves out because we say, actually, I couldn't do that. I couldn't actually go out and pray for someone to be healed. Or maybe I'm okay at praying for headaches, but I don't pray for cancer because that's out for my death. Or maybe I couldn't share my faith with someone or invite someone to Alpha Course. And Jesus says, of course you can't. You can't walk on water. You can't heal people. It's me working through you that does that. All the time you keep your eyes fixed on me, I enable you to do what you can't do. Jesus enables us to do the impossible. That's what's going on in this story. It's not about how deep the water is. It's about how deep our relationship is with Jesus. That's the secret of stepping out with a courageous faith. It's not about how deep the water is or the storms, everything that's going on around us or behind us. It's about how deep our relationship is with Jesus. And he calls us to hold things lightly, to release things to him. He calls us to make him a priority in our schedule so he can add all the other things as well. And he calls us to keep our sight fixed on him. No matter what's going on around us or above us or behind us, that we're walking in that straight line, our eyes fixed on Jesus. And he works in us and through us to do the impossible. I'm going to invite the band to come back. And if you'd like to stand. And we're going to invite the Spirit of the Lord to come and just to, to come and meet with us and speak to our hearts this morning. And there's several ways you might want to respond this morning. I might want to ask God to speak to you. Maybe ask the Lord to search your own heart. Say, Lord, what are the things which I'm holding too tightly, which I need to release to you so you can give me so much more? Or maybe it's responding to God saying, Lord, where do I need to put you first in my schedule? Where have I squeezed you out to just try to squeeze the creator of the universe, the king of kings? Where have I tried to squeeze you in to what I think is important? Help me to turn things around, to have you as my foundation and to build everything up from there. Or maybe God is speaking to you to step out into the deep. And it's about having your sight fixed firmly on Jesus. And he's saying to you, don't worry if you don't feel equipped, if you don't feel worthy, if you don't feel good enough, or you don't have time. It's not about how deep the water is. It's about how deep our relationship is. Holy Spirit, we invite you here this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. We just receive you, Holy Spirit. 
And we receive the Spirit of God just by faith, just by saying, thank you, Lord. His promise is that when we invite him, he comes. Again, this isn't about people next to you or behind you. This is your opportunity at the beginning of this new week to say, Lord, I'm in deep waters, but I, I want to be deep with you. I want to grow closer to the Father's heart. I want to trust you, that you have good plans for me, for my family, for my future. And I receive you afresh this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait. Let's just receive him. Whatever you need from him this morning, whether it's peace, whether it's joy, whether it's breakthrough, whether it's guidance, God's longing for you is that you'd walk into freedom. He doesn't want this to be hard or tough. He wants you to have this spiritual MOT so you can fly. Come Holy Spirit. thank you that you are faithful we thank you lord as we keep our sight firmly fixed on you your promise is that we'll never be without you that you'll always be with us in this life and the next there's nothing in all creation that can take us away from your love we receive your love afresh today 